When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. Level three. This is Portrage. I am Arancy. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. We're just talking about Las Vegas. And uh, we will be in Las Vegas April 27th, April 28th, April 29th, April 30th. And, of course, it is the NFL draft. So it's going to be all business. Unlike McKinnis and uh, the Wager Talk crew, we won't be lounging around at the poolside. Uh, falling asleep at the poker tables. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe at some point. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, completely promise. But uh, we'll be all business. We'll be on the air. But uh, we'll be kicking ass. We'll have a great time. And um, look, Media Row was great, but Media Row was isolated. Right? We're going to be right in the sports book. We're going to be right in the sports book at the MGM Grand. So uh, we'll be in the sports book. We'll be able to get bets in right there. The window's going to be right there. It's going to be just like the old FanDuel days, which that's, that's what I miss about the FanDuel. That was cool, right? We were in the book, and it was like we used to send window Will to the window. Hey, right, Will, Will, get, get the ticket and get the play and get the play in, right? And he'd run over to the window and <laughs> get the play in. And, uh, you know, it was a good, good time. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to kill the NFL draft as far as the props are concerned. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and... There's a uh, big fight as well. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, minus 500 against Oscar Valdez uh, on on a Saturday night in Vegas. So, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll take in a fight as well. It's a good way to wrap up a road rage. Saturday at the Sportsbook, watch some NBA, and then uh, roll into the fight. And we'll do like the high rollers. We'll roll in for the main event. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit there for six hours. Uh, that's not happening. <laughs> There'll be time. We'll roll in at the end of the night. There, we'll, we'll catch. We'll catch the main event. Win some money on a main event, and uh, have a great time. It's going to be awesome. NFL draft, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Um, we've got uh, boxing, live boxing. Where is that fight, anyways? Stevenson versus Valdez. Stevenson versus Valdez. What venue is it at? It is uh, right. It's set. Yes, we should know be, it's should set. Should be T-Mobile, right? We've we even have UFC fights that weekend, Gabe, on April thirtieth. Rob fought Marlon Vera. I was going to ask for UFC. Now you know what? No, get this, bro. Oh wow, it's going to be crazy. Valdez Stevenson's at the MGM Grand, bro, where we are. <laughs> oh wow, so our hotel is going to be popping. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, we know that. But you know what, though. We're not, we don't have the book for Saturday. You know what I mean? 
Like, we're not on the air Saturday, right? We're, so we're going to do the shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, th- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the NFL draft and sports trade and game time decisions and stuff. And then Saturday, though, that's the party day. So it's cool. Uh, we'll just we, hang out in the book. We get to enjoy the vibe then. We get to enjoy the vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We go to the book, hang out, bet the fights and stuff. Is the UFC in Vegas as well? It is actually, isn't it? At the Apex. I remember now. I looked it up. It is. They allow fans into the Apex, don't they? Like limited amount. That'd be pretty cool. The fact we're at the MGM and we just roll in and out, though. Level three, this is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. Countdown to tip-off is on. Listen, tomorrow night, I promise, we're going to be all over the Sweet 16 uh, like Gene Simmons. All right? Uh, so, <laughs> damn, that was pretty good. Pr- pretty good. Christine, 16. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. The mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. We're kicking it. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Grid Radio Networks. Chris Monter, collegebasketballnews.com. We'll step up and in in a couple of minutes. Uh, with us. We'll be all over this. We're going to continue the talk. It's time to get into it. We had a great night on the College Hardwood tonight. It was nice. It was good stuff. I enjoyed it. We're going to get back after it tomorrow. We've got more NIT action tomorrow. And some, uh, some really cool games in the NIT as a St. Bonaventure will be going to Madison Square Garden after a dramatic win tonight over the Virginia Cavaliers. But as far as the tournament uh, is concerned, there really hasn't been a ton of line movement. Right? Gonzaga are laying 9.5 to Arkansas. Michigan are getting a five spot against Villanova uh, still right now. It's funny because nobody believed in Michigan against Colorado State. Nobody believed in them against Tennessee. And now I haven't heard anybody say, oh, yeah, Michigan is going to beat Villanova. Everybody's all oh, wow, Villanova this and all oh, Villanova that and I think this is gonna game this is gonna be a game. I'm not gonna tell you that Michigan will win this game that oh yeah yeah Michigan will win this game. I thought Michigan would beat Tennessee. Even when they were down by five at the half, I even tweeted out. I said, guys, if you would have said if you would have told the Michigan Wolverines you're gonna be down five against this juggernaut that is the volunteers at the half, they would have taken it. And they did it. What happened in the second half? They came out and they punched him in the mouth to start the second as well. Villanova are a mentally tougher team. All right, and no offense to Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes is a very good college basketball coach, ultra-successful college basketball coach. Jay Wright's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, there's just there's a, there's levels to this stuff. Juwan Howard is not on Jay Wright's level, right? Like, there's Juwan Howard's a great player. He's still a young coach. Fortunately, also has Phil Martelli part of the staff, but it's going to be tough. Like, you just know that well. We don't have any advantage coaching here. Like Villanova, always going to make the right adjustment. They're always going to have the right scheme and, and plan in place. But I think Michigan have better athletes. Gillespie's tough, man. I like Michigan plus the five. I'm not telling you to win a game outright. I will tell you that tomorrow. Bring it. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
late night anger management class continues as does countdown to tip off. We're set. It's the Sweet 16. Let's do this thing. College basketball news in the house. Chris Monter throwing it down with us. You can follow him on Twitter at College BB News. Let's do this thing. Chris, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? We're down to the Sweet 16. Let's rock. Well, it's just like exactly like we predicted, right? We had all 16 games right, I think, didn't we? Well, exactly. I, I totally predicted yeah. that the St. Peter's Peacocks uh, would be playing the Purdue Boilermakers uh, on right. on Friday. Uh, but man, they don't call it. My... Yeah, they don't call it March Madness for nothing, right? That's, that's, right. that's the that's bottom line. Fun. Right. I, I I was hoping you got my bracket. I faxed it to you earlier today. Ignore what looks like whiteout. It really is. It's just a bad fax machine. So I'm <laughs> definitely, definitely sure I got all 16 games right. So. Well, you know what? We can't. We can't live in the past. So let's let's move forward, and uh, we we all have a chance to redeem ourselves in this tournament. That's the good thing. Unlike the teams that get knocked out, as betters and as fans, we all get second chances at this thing. And uh, there's a lot more basketball left to be played. So let's start off uh, with Gonzaga into their seventh straight Sweet 16. They remain the favorites uh, right now. Um, you know, to to cut down the nets after you've watched them play uh, their first two games. How do you feel about Gonzaga moving forward and how do you feel about the matchup uh, against Arkansas? Yeah, I think that should be an interesting match. Obviously, Gonzaga had a little bit of a scare in the first game against Georgia State. It was, you know, a nip and tuck game for about the first 30 minutes and then we were able to pull away. I, I still have them winning the whole thing, but they're going to have some tough matchups in uh, that region. And you look at Arkansas, a team that doesn't shoot the ball extremely well. That's the one problem, but they're very athletic, like to push the ball. Eric Musselman's always been known as a defensive coach wherever he's been, whether it be in the CBA or Nevada and now, of course, in Arkansas. So I think that'll be an interesting matchup. And then the other matchup, Texas Tech, another really strong defensive team that can sometimes be offensively challenged playing Duke, who, you know, if you're a Duke fan, it looked a little scary there against Michigan State being down by four or five with only a few minutes to go, but they were able to hit some big shots down the stretch. So some great matchups, and you have the one, two, three, four in the West, unlike the other regions where you have a lot of upsets. Now, couldn't you argue? Now, you look what Memphis did, and Memphis, Memphis went up and down the court uh, with the Bulldogs. Wouldn't you be able to argue that Arkansas can do the same thing, but are probably better at it than what Memphis bring to the table? Yeah, I think so. The one thing, though, Memphis had size, you know, with Duran and some other players that could play inside. Arkansas, more of a team, you know, if you had like a six-six and under league, they probably could maybe win a national title on that. They don't have the great size that maybe Memphis had, so that could be a problem. But you're right, they have great quickness, very explosive athletes. I think uh, the coaching job that they've done down in Arkansas, getting that program back on, on the map with Coach Musselman there, he's got a great job there. So I expect a very good game. I just think Gonzaga really kicked it up the last two games in the last 10 minutes. They just need to be more consistent throughout, not make it so close. But again, I think Gonzaga gets by Arkansas. I didn't want to, you know, sort of simplify things and say, wow, you know, if they couldn't win with Jalen Suggs and Kispert uh, last year. But I got to tip my cap, man. Nembard's been playing some great basketball in this tournament, and he's going to have to. It's a fascinating matchup um, against Arkansas. Then what do you think about the point spread at, uh, at nine and a half points? Do you think this is a double-digit? You, you know, when you look at this matchup, are you thinking, oh, yeah, Gonzaga are going to roll these guys? Or is this a single-digit uh, game that is still a competitive game with three, four minutes left? Yeah, the number seems a little bit high, but then you look at some of these games where, you know, it's a five, six-point game, and then because of fouls, 
and maybe teams trying to shoot threes down the stretch, all of a sudden you see what's a five or six point game all of a sudden become a 10 or 11 point game. To me, it seems a little up, a little bit high, but Gonzaga, you know, it's hard to bet against them. But if I had to put a little friendly money on the game, I would maybe lean towards Arkansas being able to keep it competitive, like you said, because of that athleticism that they do have. Well, we've got a great Thursday night uh, matchup between the Michigan Wolverines and the Villanova Wildcats. A not only a rematch, not only a rematch, Chris, of the. Um, of the national championship game from, from years ago. Remember Michigan and Villanova, but actually in the, in the same city in San Antonio. So they go back to San Antonio and they play again. Last time they played, truth be told, I really didn't think Michigan were going to win on that Monday night. You know, Villanova were just so loaded and stacked. This is a very good Villanova team, but I, you know, I don't think it's as, I don't think they're as daunting as the last time. Put it this way, I think Michigan actually have a chance uh, this time. Eli Brooks was amazing, man. I mean, you know, this kid's played in a lot of big games. He's got a ton of experience, and he stepped up large. Everybody, Williams stepped up large in the last couple of minutes of that game. Jones made plays. He's been in and out, obviously. He got hit in the head again. It was kind of, you know, crazy that they got through, um, you know, all the adversity and the injuries, actually, that they had. Uh, but they did find a way playing great basketball right now. This is just going to be a great basketball game, man, between two rock-solid teams. Yeah, definitely. And Dickinson also was a big factor in that last game as well with his ability to play inside, but also had a couple of big three-point shots. You mentioned Villanova, Gillespie, one of the best guards in the country. I vote for the Wooden Award. I helped pick the players for that award. He was on the, the uh, final 15 ballot. You know, Michigan's such a schizophrenic team. That's the thing you worry about them. They've, you know, had some down games, to be honest, throughout the regular season. Uh, you, you saw Irrelevant now, Chris. Irrelevant. I knew yeah, coming yeah. into the tournament, it, it's, a, it's a new season, and you notice, man, you notice being in the Big Ten, Michigan are a good tournament team, man. They're generally a good Big Ten tournament team. I know they blew the 17-point lead uh, this time, but they're generally a good tournament team, and they're they're good. Here, Juwan Howard's got them back to the Sweet 16 again. They're a good NCAA tournament team. And I think they're using that mentality of a lot of people say, hey, they shouldn't be in. Their record wasn't that impressive. You know, they had the most losses of any at-large team. But I think they're using it as a motivating factor. You heard Hunter Dickinson say that immediately right after that game. People doubted us, didn't think we belonged. We're going to prove them wrong. And I think that's when they use that mindset. The first two games, can they carry that over to the Sweet 16 matchup? I just like the matchup from the sense of, you know, the pageantry. Now, listen, I'm a Michigan fan, but, you know, Michigan, the big-time program that they are, Villanova, you know, an historic championship program, Jay Wright, one of the greatest coaches of all time, in my opinion. And and in an era, and I get it, the more kids are around now a little bit. Post-pandemic and stuff, we've seen some players hang around longer than we normally have. But, you know, as you mentioned with Hunter Dickinson, Eli Brooks, Hunter Dickinson, Colin Gillespie, Justin Moore. It's almost a rarity that we have like these players just going head-to-head that are college basketball players. These guys have been there. They've been with their teams for a long time. The program means a lot to them. It's not just a one-and-done operation for them. That's what I'm trying to get at with this game. Like These players on the – you know, okay, all the players care, but there's just something special about this matchup to me when you have these kids that have played as many games as they have for these programs. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and, you know, as a person who loves college basketball, you know, I like to see those teams that have been around the block, you know, especially with COVID, as you mentioned, some teams having five-year guys, some even have six-year guys. Uh, 
as opposed to Kentucky. Nothing against Kentucky, but they're a team, despite getting every McDonald All-American, two of the last seven years they haven't even made the tournament. And, of course, this year they got bounced out in the very first game. So it sounds to me like you like Villanova. I can just tell, Chris. I can just tell. Chris Monter, I can tell. You're like, I don't know about Michigan. <laughs> What's your pick? <laughs> well, I, well, I definitely, you know, I, like you said, I'm in Big Ten country based out of Minnesota. You know, Villanova's a five-point favorite. I think that I, if I had to pick, I would probably take Michigan plus the five. But I expect a very close game. I, again, I think Michigan, the size, could give Villanova some problems. But they have, you know, all that experience in the backcourt, especially with Gillespie. So I would maybe lean just slightly towards Villanova, but definitely expect a close game. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game as well. I think Michigan are going to pull it out. But if they don't, I think they cover the point spread as well. And, you know, once again, not to simplify things, but Michigan, Michigan were hitting three-point shots early in that game against Tennessee. I think it loosened everybody up. Everybody, it's just almost contagious. And then they just started, you know, drilling it inside. I'm really looking forward to Thursday night. Got some great basketball. We'll break down the rest of the games with Chris Monter, collegebasketballnews.com. In the house, the countdown to tip-off is on. It's been a great week of college basketball, not just uh, the men's tournament, but the women's tournament, man, the CBI, NIT, TBC. We got it all going on. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The late-night anger man for class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Sirius XM Channel 159. A muddier 1090 up and down the coast. ESPN Radio. What's up, SoCal? Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Countdown to tip-off is on. We're talking Sweet 16 right now with Chris Montour, collegebasketballnews.com. Uh, so, I saw an interesting um, stat as far as the Duke Blue Devils were concerned that Duke had played five times in a Pacific time zone in the NCAA tournament and have never won before, which is kind of strange in, in, in a way. But as I brought up last night on the show when we discussed this, Chris, the Duke players weren't born in 1984 when one of those losses happened, right? And so, yeah, I mean, they've never won in the Pacific time zone, but just something, you know, a little, little tidbit there. And, of course, they are playing Texas Tech in San Francisco. But I am surprised, Chris, and I don't know if you agree with the odds makers here, that Texas Tech are actually the favorites, and that surprises me. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Only a one-point margin, but still, you think Duke, with the bias cooked in, because you know people love Duke or hate Duke, much like the Dallas Cowboys. It, it seems like those teams usually get a little more favorable point spread because more people are going to bet on Duke than probably Texas Tech. So it shows you what to think about Texas Tech. As I mentioned, a very balanced team. Nobody scores more than 14 points a game. Very defensive-minded team with Coach Adams, who's kind of taken the same style that Chris Beard had with that program that, of course, led them to the national championship game a couple years ago. Uh, Duke, you know, another team that's been a little bit up and down uh, when you look at their last game against North Carolina, although North Carolina has played extremely well since then, uh, and then losing to Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game. I thought they played well, especially down the stretch against Michigan State, being down by four or five, but hit all their shots down the stretch and were able to, to beat coaches. So, uh, Again, I would maybe lean slightly towards Duke, but like you said, the point spread's so close. This is kind of a, one of those pickup games, but I would maybe just lean with Duke. I think maybe their size advantage inside, especially if Williams has another big game, that could be the big factor. 
I'm leaning. I like Duke here. I like Duke. I just think they have too much talent uh, for for Texas Tech. I think the talent will prevail, and you know we'll see if they found something. But I think they kind of did in a sense, as you mentioned. I mean, they were down by five with about four minutes left. It was gut check time, right? It was gut check time. And let's be real, when it was gut check time in Coach K's last home game, and people were dropping twenty thousand dollars to get in, and all the champions were there, they didn't they didn't answer the bell, right? And it was sort of like I don't know. I don't think Coach K really cares about the ACC tournament over the years all that much. I think he cared, but, you know, his last one, I think he did. They they failed the gut check. And then, you know, they, they did respond. So we'll see if they've got a little bit of confidence now. Just from, you know you know, you know what I mean, Chris? They already have the athletic confidence. And they're, you know, NBA draft picks and stuff like that. But when push comes to shove, we see some of these guys, big-time players, will lose to the hungrier team. You know, we saw Virginia Tech like that in the ACC Conference Tournament, but I think they might have found something here, and I think they know what they're going up against, uh, up against Texas Tech. So I'm going to lean with Duke uh, with you. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Houston and Arizona. Houston and Arizona, another very short point spread here. Just when you consider how hyped Arizona is, I don't know if people saw it, you know, because they think, oh, look look how close the last game was against TCU. But this is another point spread that actually surprised me that Arizona weren't like three-and-a-half, four-point favorites against Houston. And I respect the hell out of Houston, but they are missing two of their starters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you look at Coach Sampson, Calvin Sampson, who was at Oklahoma, did a great job with that program, and then went to the NBA. That didn't work. And then, of course, was at Indiana. But they got a great job. You mentioned Houston, two of their best players, including their leading scorer, Marcus Pastor. He only played 12 games. Traymond Mark played only seven games this year. Yet, despite losing two of your best players, you still have a chance to maybe even advance to the lead eight. This is a team that made it to the Final Four last year. You're right. That number seems a little low. I was really impressed with the way Arizona played. TCU gave them everything they could handle in that game, but Benedict uh, Matterin really stepped up his game, made the big plays, that big power dunk he had down the stretch, hit a big three to help them. And, and again, they're a long, long athletic team. I think Tommy Lloyd definitely deserves some consideration, along with Samson for Coach of the Year. He came over, took a program where Sean Miller was let go. A lot of disarray with that program, but yet they've done extremely well. Number one seed in the West, won the Pac-12, won the Pac-12 tournament. So uh, I think Arizona's been very impressive, and I, I think this should be a good game. I'm a little surprised that number's maybe quite so low. I would probably take Arizona and give, give the point and a half. But I think Houston, you've got to be very proud of them if you're a Cougar fan, having the resilience to battle back despite some big, big injuries to two of your biggest players. Uh, man, the Cougars are a great basketball program. Great program, and it's too bad. It's too bad that uh, Sasser got injured and Mark got injured. They're, they're still 11 and one in their last 12 basketball games, and they can win this game. I'm not. I'm not writing them off. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, I was just talking from a from the odds makers' perspective. I'm surprised that it wasn't a little bit higher, but I like it from a betting perspective. And we are betting uh, men and women here on this show, Chris. That a lot of these games are just sort of pickums, right? Right? So a couple of them, at least, it's like, all right, if you like Duke, you, know, you just, you just get, you take, you're getting a point with them. If you like Arizona, they just got to win the game. As opposed to Kansas, where you got to lay seven and a half. So everybody always talked about Providence, and they're not as good in the Ken Palm rankings and all this. and all. They're not even really a top 40 team and the luck index and all this crap. Well, here they are right now. They're in the Sweet 16. But they got a really good Kansas Jayhawk team here. And, man, this Jayhawk team, I think, is better than people realize, Chris. Dangerous team. Yeah, very dangerous. And I think the key with Kansas, 
at least the last six, seven years, has been guard play. That's the thing that's hurt them. They haven't had consistent guard play. Remy, Remy Martin was a player they got from Arizona State, averaging 19.8 points a game. He was expected to be the kind of the answer, the solidifying player in that backcourt. He hasn't been that, but played extremely well in their most recent tournament game. You know, Providence, you kind of wondered about them. They lost by 27 points in the biggest tournament in the semifinals for Creighton. You kind of thought maybe this is a team that's going to limp in. But in the way, I'm never big, and we've talked about this before, I think I'm not real big on conference tournaments for high major programs. For low major, that's great. But the Big Ten, ACC, SEC, to be honest, I really don't care about those tournaments that much because you know who's already going to get in. And Providence, in a way, Maybe by losing in the semifinals, that gave them time to refresh, not play an extra game, and maybe that's helped them because they played well in the tournament when a lot of people were doubting them after getting blown out by Creighton. Uh, Chris Monter with us just for a couple more moments. So, Chris, we got uh, – what, what do you think of this one? I think Kansas are going to advance. You know, the number is probably a pretty sharp number. I wouldn't be surprised if they're sort of up by six, seven, and then it comes down to free throws late. But if I had to, I would lay the points more than take the points here, to be honest. I think Kansas are going to be too much for Providence. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Seven and a half, I think, is probably a pretty accurate number. You know, I could see maybe a 10-point game, but I think the Jayhawks eventually are able to pull away from the Friars. Man, what a blue blood special we got between North Carolina and UCLA. 17 uh, combined championships between the two of them. UCLA Bruins are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Another team that people were down on for the most part in the regular season in the North Carolina Tar Heels who have saved their best basketball for last. Um, now, well, they nearly blew it. <laughs> but they actually showed something in getting the lead, blowing the lead, and then getting the lead back, actually. I, I, that was pretty impressive, actually. Like, as opposed to, like, being mad and saying, oh, you guys nearly blew a 25-point lead. It'd be like, no, you know what? It's actually hard to do that. A lot of times, like in college, you see it in college football too, Chris. You know, when the tide turns, it turns for good, right? Like, in the pros, it's sort of go back and forth a bit. But, you know, so emotional, these kids. When the tide turns, it's hard to get it to stop. But I thought Davis did a great job of, of reining it back in after the fact. You know, fun basketball team. It's going to be a really fun game, man. Real blue blood special here. Yeah, definitely agree. And when you're down by 25, like Baylor was, you're able to tie that game up. Usually that team wins the game, and then it goes on the overtime, and you're thinking, what just happened? Why are we still playing? We should have won this game a long time ago. So you have to give them credit for that. And, and you know, this is a team that's played very well. I mean, they lost to Virginia Tech by 13, but you look at how they played in the first round against Marquette, beat them by 32. We talked earlier about how they were able to handle uh, Duke at Duke, the final game for Coach Krzyzewski at Cameron, beat them by 13 and then beat Virginia by 20. So they're playing extremely well despite missing some players. Justin Garcia, transfer from Minnesota, where I'm based out from Marquette, was expected to have some uh, big impact for that team. He had some issues with his family, some medical issues. So he's not playing with the team. And I, I thought that would really hurt them, but they've really stepped up. Other players maybe weren't getting as much playing time. All of a sudden, they're stepping up their role. And then you got UCLA, a team that made it, despite having to play in the playing game last year, all the way to the Final Four, lost the heartbreaker with Jalen Suggs at that shot. But they've been impressive. Started out a little bit slow in their first game, but I thought did what they had to do to beat a very good St. Mary's team in the second round. I'm leaning with the Tar Heels here. That's, that's right now. This is a tough one. I'm glad I don't have to bet it right now. But I'm leaning with the Tar Heels, Chris. What's your gut feel tell you? We only got about a minute left, so quick on that, and then we'll get a quick uh, Iowa State-Miami uh, thought. But I'm leaning with the Tar Heels. Let's pull it out. 
Yeah, that one's tough. I would maybe take UCLA. I have a little bias. That was my team growing up. My nephew just graduated from UCLA, so I kind of always pull for the Bruins. But you're right. Two and a half isn't a big number. I definitely see it being, you know, probably a two to three point game either way. So wouldn't be surprised with a Tar Heel win, but I would lean just a little bit towards uh, UCLA. But again, kind of a pick em game like a few of these other ones we've had so far. And quickly on the way out here, we got Iowa State and another improbable team, uh, another run. But this happens. Teams with their, their, their chips off, chip on their shoulder. We got Iowa State getting two and a half against Miami. And then can St. Peter's play with Purdue, Chris? 30 seconds. What's your take? Yeah, Purdue, I think their size might be too much. But St. Peter, you know, two great wins. Nobody thought they'd get this far. I just think Purdue's size inside. Jaden Ivey, a, a top five NBA draft pick outside. Uh, Iowa State, Miami, you know, two teams, 11 and 10. You don't expect them to be here. Iowa State, you know, won two games last year. Uh, have done a great job. Yeah, two and 22. Yeah, Jim Laranega, a fantastic coach wherever he's been. I would maybe just lean a little bit towards Miami, but I expect that to be a good game. But I think Purdue's size is too much against St. Peter's. Chris Monter, College Basketball News, uh, College uh, BB News on Twitter. Always a pleasure, Chris. Uh, enjoy the games. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Not a problem. Great to talk to you. Have a great day and good luck with the game as well. The late night anger match for class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to the bullpen, Derek. Hello. Hi. Derek, uh, this indoor soccer is a new sport. Could you tell us something about it? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's soccer played indoors, like in a hockey rink. Sort of soccer hockey. <laughs> Boy, that's an interesting combination. What are the rules? I don't know, really. <laughs> I don't care. I see. How does your team look? Uh, mostly Venezuelan. Great. The Late Night Anger Management Class, WKRP in Cincinnati. This is Sports Rage. Sparky's bullpen. I am Renzi, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to our AM Radio affiliates, everybody on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Don't forget, we're now on LG TV, channel 469 as well. Game time decisions. Um, I saw people today, I don't see it on the guide and stuff like that. But uh, those guides are sometimes slow to change. Um, right? But uh, yeah, LG US, LG US channel 469. All right, so as far as the tournament is concerned, hey, listen, it was it was a hell of a first uh, weekend of action. Um, it feels like, you know what I mean, like, oh, it's almost done and stuff, but, you know, we still have the Sweet 16. There's going to be a lot of craziness still yet to come. All these teams are so evenly matched. These games, we can handicap this, we can handicap that. I don't care about Ken Palm rankings. It's like I never did all year. People hear stupid Ken Palm rankings. There's no disrespect against Ken Palm. But, you know, like, Ken Palm had, like, Vermont ranked, you know, 12th or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At one point, like, it's like, yeah, whatever, bro. Oh, they're efficient. Yeah, they're efficient because they play a bunch of high school kids. That's why they're efficient. Figure it out. I was on Sandy, I was on South Dakota State in their conference tournament. And, like I said, after, did they shoot 45% from three in the NCAA tournament? No, they didn't. No. All right. So, anyways, perception and reality are always two different things. And I want to bring up the uh, I want to bring up the Big Ten actually, because I saw 
you know, it was sort of bothering me the other day, actually, in hindsight. But I saw, like, I heard people, oh, it was a bloodbath for the Big Ten today, and it was brutal for the Big Ten uh, and all this. And, yeah, it wasn't pretty. They went 0-4 before Purdue won on Sunday. So they ended up with a 1-4 record on Sunday. But they had nine teams in the damn tournament. And you know what the Big Ten's record is in, in the tournament? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. So is that some sort of train wreck tragedy? Nine and seven, Matthias? You know what I mean? When you hear, oh, the Big Ten really sucked in the tournament. They went nine and seven. They have two teams in the Sweet 16 right now. No, not at all, Gabe. And like, so they have two teams. Like, it would be a disaster if they didn't have anyone. And it would be like, man, you guys had nine teams. You didn't even send anyone to the Sweet 16. You sent two teams. So they sent more percentage to the Sweet 16 than they had teams in the damn tournament. I mean, what? So someone has three. Right, what are those, there's the Big 12 with uh, Kansas, Iowa State, and uh, who am I missing here? Oh, there's another one. You know what I'm saying. So, anyways, we'll go over the records, but nine and seven, Matthias, is not a disastrous appearance in the Big in, in the NCAA tournament. No, not at all, Gabe. And you know, when Michigan beats Tennessee, nobody talks about the Big Ten in a positive way. It's like, oh, one of the lower seeded, you know, Big Ten teams. They got through to the next round, just beat the SEC tournament champion. You know, all the attention goes to Iowa losing and Wisconsin losing. You know, oh, Purdue just won too, but nobody's talking about Purdue. You know, nobody's talking about Purdue into the Sweet 16. And that's just the way it's always going to be, Gabe. If You know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, like you said, the Big Ten does show up. Michigan State had Duke on its toes. Right away, they were right there having Duke on their toes. Nobody expected Michigan State to really be able to hang with Duke. This wasn't Michigan State's best year whatsoever. You know, they, they weren't close to winning the Big Ten at all as well. So for them to hang in with Duke and to play them toe-to-toe, that's all I need to see, man. The Big Ten has some of the best teams in the country, and they could play against the best in the country. You know, Ohio State nearly had that game against Villanova, cut it down to two points, and unfortunately Villanova closed out the game. That's basketball. But all these teams can compete against the best teams, and that's really what matters. Well, let's not kid ourselves. The Big Ten hasn't won a title in 22 years, right? But, you know, the Pac-12 hasn't won uh, in, in longer. So, listen, the Big Ten has underachieved in the sense of they got to win a championship. Someone's got to win a damn championship, but it's not easy to win a championship, right? But if you look at, like I said, if you look at the big picture here in the Sweet 16, it's the... Um, the ACC's rock, and the ACC's got the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, the ACC's got the Duke uh, Duke Blue Devils. All right, so they got Miami, they've got Duke, and they've got North Carolina uh, rocking. And people said, "Oh, the ACC's down this year." Well, they've got three teams uh, balling right now. All right, the Big Twelve's got Iowa State, Kansas, and Texas Tech. Big Twelve's a solid basketball conference. All right, so uh, the Big Ten checks in with Michigan and Purdue. All right, so we'll tip our cap. These other conferences got three teams in. You know, they, they check in with Michigan and Purdue. Big East uh, steps in uh, with Providence and two, Providence and Villanova. Uh, SEC was the disappointing conference, actually. And I don't single out conferences, really, like for, for all this, because it's kind of random. Where's but their slander, the, though, Gabe? You know, they have to have some slander if everybody's throwing slander at the Big Ten. You know, you don't have Kentucky and Tennessee in there, and Arkansas might get kicked out this weekend. But at the end of the day, if Kentucky and Tennessee don't make it into the second weekend, that tells you everything you need to know about the SEC. 
Well, no, not really. We just said, dude, the SEC's won a lot more championships than the Big Ten has in the last 22 years. So, as I was just saying, I'm not into you know, attacking conferences. It is kind of random. But the thing is, this year the SEC was good. So, I'm not, I'm not coming at them. I'm not saying, oh, the SEC sucks because they're locked, because whatever. The SEC's four and five. All this stuff is stupid about attacking conferences. The SEC is four and five. The only thing that's just surprising is the SEC had some good teams uh, this year. It was a good conference. They are good, right? They are good, and you know, they, they just fell short in the tournament. Kentucky losing cost them a couple of wins here. They would have a winning record. But as far as the records at a conferences are concerned, the ACC have been the kingpins of the tournament. Eight and two. This is all straight up. ACC 8-2. and two. Remember last year, same crap. Everybody talks about how bad the Pac-12 is all the time. Last year, the Pac-12 was like 11-1 and one against the spread at one point. Uh, this year, they're 4-1 straight up. So the ACC is 8-2. and two. The Pac-12 is 4-1. and one. The Big 12 stepping up in a big way, 9-3. and three. The American Athletic uh, Conference, 3-1. and one. West Coast Conference, three and two. Big Ten, nine and seven. Big East, five and four. SEC, four and five. A10, one and two. And uh, the Mountain West, unfortunately, is uh, in last place here with an 0 and 4 mark. But they, they had some heartbreakers, right? And see, it's all, see, that's another thing. Like I said, I'm not going to come here, oh, the Mountain West sucks. No, the Mountain West doesn't suck. You know what? It went 0-4. Where the hell were those games played? We talked about it. And we said, listen, I'm a Michigan fan. In Michigan, we're playing Colorado State in, like, Wyoming on a neutral court. I, I probably wouldn't have been on Michigan. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I would have been like, this is a pretty tough spot for Michigan here. You ask Colorado State to play Michigan in Indianapolis and Big Ten country. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, so it's not like, oh, the Mountain West sucks. No, they were in a bad spot. Uh, San Diego State lost against Creighton because they missed a freaking free throw with three seconds left. Is there, are they a bad conference because the kid missed a free throw? No. Kid missed a free throw with three seconds left under pressure. Doesn't mean the Mountain West sucks. It just means the kid missed a free throw with three seconds left. All right, that's, you know, that, that's where I'm going sort of uh, with, with all this about, oh, they, you know, people, when they handicap this stuff, oh, this team sucks and that conference and this and this team beat that team and all this. Yeah, whatever. Right? Like people, you look at St. Peter's, and I brought this up earlier in the program. How many people talk about St. Peter's like they are St. Peter? Like this is some biblical type of like, oh my God, St. Peter's? Can you believe it? Well, anybody that has bet on college basketball this year would know that St. Peter's are 22 and 9 against the spread. That's the second best spread in the country. Only behind our Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Middle Tennessee State are checking in at 26-7-1 right now. Over 78% they have covered. That's unbelievable. Imagine one team covering over 78% of their games this year. And these guys have played 34 games and they've covered 78% of them. That's amazing. But St. Peter's. So, yeah, St. Peter's don't play in the best conference. Right, as far as like you know, the athletes don't match up to what they normally see. But St. Peter's have been a damn good basketball team all year long. Like you know what I mean? Like when they take the court, they believe in themselves. When they take the court, betters believe in them. Twenty-two and nine. 
And I tell you what, people are saying, oh, Purdue's their size, Purdue this, Purdue are going to be too much for them. I'm not getting in front of the Peacocks right now. I'm not I'm not getting in front of St. Peter's. You're getting double digits with the second best team in, in, in the entire NCAA against the spread. And, and a team that just beat down a team that was 30-2 and two, and a damn good Murray State team, and they disposed of them by double digits. Kentucky were projected to go to the final by many, including idiots like myself. And St. Peter's take them down. And now what? You don't think they can play with Purdue? And I'm not saying it's because all oh, the big titles suck, whatever. No. You know what I mean? It's just, it's all matchups and timing, place, belief, luck. You know what I mean? Calls, <laughs> like uh, brackets, other teams, like losing that you don't have to face suddenly that really would have beat you. And now suddenly, oh, you don't even have to play these guys. We got to play these guys instead. But I'm looking at St. Peter's plus the points. Very impressive. If you look at teams that are still in the tournament right now, St. Peter's are 22-9 and nine against the spread, and the Houston Cougars, as we discussed with Steve Merrill earlier, 24-12 and 12 ATS. Incredibly impressive. And, and the, best, the best ATS uh, mark as well. Like, so Houston didn't cover their point spreads on top of the point spread by 4.4 uh, points. Which is like super impressive, like you know, for a team that's actually like favored a lot and stuff like that. But I tell you what, Texas Tech, all these teams, man, they're, they're just all good, right? You don't get this far without being a good team. You don't get this far without having good players. You don't get this far without having good coaching staffs. And now, whatever, it'll come down to a shot. It'll come down to a what the hell were you thinking moment. It'll come down to can you believe the ref just called a foul with 3.2 seconds left in a tie game. In case you're wondering and you feel bad about your bracket, and if your bracket sucks, don't feel bad. Not one person in America, in the world, picked a perfect Sweet 16. So there's not one person anywhere out there that has a bracket that is perfect. That's pretty crazy. Huh? You figured, like, out of the, you know, all these millions and millions and millions of brackets that somebody would have, like, done it. But no. It's that difficult. That's why you can. That's why these companies. You know, you can hear. Oh, you know, win six million dollars and twenty million dollars, even pick a pro, whatever. You could offer someone five billion dollars to pick a perfect bracket. They're not going to be able to do it. It's impossible. The one guy did go. If you recall that uh, that professor from Indiana, he did go forty-eight and zero. Which is like, and you know what the shame of that is? Is that uh, he didn't gamble. He didn't bet. Yes, I know. That's like uh, Superman not flying. You imagine going 48 and 0 in the NCAA tournament? You did it just for fun? I'd rather wear a Justin Bieber Leaf jersey. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, yeah. Last night, we discussed those Major League Baseball win totals, and we got in on the Dodgers at 96 and a half. FanDuel posted 99 and a half. 
Vegas, uh, Dave Sharapan told us it's 100 and a half in Vegas. We told you last night, 96 and a half was a bad number. It was too low. And uh, we, we jumped on it today. It really significantly um, hit my account. But it was one of those deals where I had to do it. I said, you know what? We'll just fight back here. We'll fight back. You know, this, this that's a strong bet. Dodgers over 96 and a half. So we got that in. Uh, we, we killed the NIT uh, tonight. Well, we went 3-1. and one. Could have been 4-0. Stupid bad call at the end of the game. But um, we got big time, uh, big time game here tomorrow night. Wake Forest. Wake Forest and the Texas A&M Aggies. You want to talk about a team that got screwed over and it should have been in a damn tournament? Texas A&M. Like, Texas A&M could easily be, like, if you think, oh, Texas A&M and the NIT. Texas A&M could be in the Sweet 16 right now. They just, they got, they got left out. You know what I mean? They, Iowa State got in instead of them, and look, Iowa State are in the Sweet 16. Right? Like, they got left out. Texas A&M deserved better. They deserved a hell of a lot better than what happened to them. Dude, they're a 25-12 team. You put Michigan in. I'm a Michigan fan, but you put Michigan in who was 17 and 14, like, and you left out. You left out a 23 and 12 Texas A&M team from a good SEC conference. On our quadrant one wins and Ken Palm rankings. Bunch of nerds. Bunch of nerds. You guys didn't even play. The only basketball you ever played was Nerf ball. Your little dumb office. Your little geeks office. Throwing a Nerf ball, a little garbage can, basketball. But they're all experts on basketball. They'll tell you, this team's lucky. It's like, dude, like you'd break your glasses if you played basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're lucky. What do you know about luck on a court? Texas A&M beats Wake Forest. BYU, Washington State. I like the Cougars. The Mormon Cougars. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.